You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. All right, before we kick anything off, I want to remind everybody about the current contest that's going on here that Socks in the Basement has. A Reynaldo Lopez autographed White Sox hat. And you only have to do three things, but you have to do all three of them to be eligible to win. And we're going to draw a winner next week on the program. So you still have a week to compete. Here's how you do it. One, you have to follow one of our social media pages. At Socks in the Basement on Twitter. Facebook on Facebook, on Instagram. Two, you have to like our show in one of, whatever player that you're listening to, go in there and give it a rating and a review. You actually meaning he you have to you have to give it a like on your on your social media platform of choice. You don't actually have to like the show, like as in like it, but you, you can just if you give us a, a, a like button. That's I want what he well means. yes, I want you to I want you to, to follow it on one of the social media platforms. And then what I want you to do is go and review the show and give it a a rating. All these players, these podcast players, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of them, they give you the ability to rate the show, the program as a whole, and write a review. See what I'm saying? Yes. I want you to do that. And trust me, it's going to be very hard for you to win if uh, if it's a low rating. (laughs) <laughs> okay, but I, you, know, you go, you go, and you put that in there. So now you've got your rating, you got your review, you've got your your social media follow, and then what I want you to do is on one of those social media sites, I want you to share the show with your followers, your friends. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So this is what I want. This you're spreading the word and you're supporting the show, and by doing that, somebody's going to win an autograph Ronaldo Lopez hat. Now, what do you do if what do you do if if uh, what do listeners who have no friends do? I. I I don't know. Everybody's like, got a if, friend. What if there's some just, what if there's some like diehard White Sox fan? He's just the, and he loves the show. He listens every week and he downloads us. He likes us, but he has no friends. What does that guy do? Make friends. Oh. Okay. I don't, I, you know, send me a picture of you holding up a sign, like on a street corner that says, listen to Sox in the basement. <laughs> Show me that you try to promote it in some way. Okay, when you go to opening weekend, show what, me show it, me you out there doing something to promote the show, and I'll take that. I'll that take, what, you don't use social media. I'll take that. Some isn't that what you promotion. do? Your, isn't that what you do on your spare time, I, like in I a do. street corner? You're just, just out there, right next to the guy that's uh, that will work for food, and then it's me, and it'll be like, please listen to my show. <laughs> spare some change. That's kind of what I do. Okay, Ronaldo Lopez. Did not have, I think, the start that he wanted. Neither did Carlos Rodon. Neither did his whole team. No. They've stumbled coming out of the gate. couple of quick observations before we jump into things. Oh, and by the way, Ron Kittle on the show here in just a little bit. Oh, yeah. By the way, to bury the lead, Chris. I, well, I, was, I was excited about the hat. Ron Kittle on you're the show. Busy, you're busy getting ready to rearrange the deck furniture on the Titanic. And, oh, yeah. Well, by the way, Ron Kittle. Okay. Ron Kittle's going to be on the show. I have some interesting questions. I want to ask him about the team. I want to ask him about his impressions of the team. I want to kind of dive into a little bit of him as a manager. Remember, he was a minor league manager. And try to get into the psyche of our current manager because I'm confused by some things. But here, here are some observations. Conf- 
Confused is, is putting it mildly. Just from the start of this as we get ready for the home opener. Oh, and I'm also going to talk to him about home openers because the guy's had a lot of home openers in his life. Okay? So we're going to get into all of that. First off, what did I say when this season started? The most important guy on this team was Yoan Mankata. So it's hard for me to be completely angry about the start of the season when I'm watching the guy go out there, make contact, be aggressive at the plate, widen a strike zone when necessary, still have the eye to be able to draw a walk every once in a while, clutch hitting a couple of big hits so far. He's And you know what? I know that he's double clutching a third base while he's playing the position, but you have to give the guy some sort of a pass. You can't loop him in with guys that have played other positions at a major league level at this point are making errors. He's in a new position, essentially. I mean, I know he's played some third base, and I think that that's probably where he's going to end up being a better player, and he has shown flashes of brilliance already. One or two plays over there where he has made some really nice plays at third, and I think that this is going to work out, and it kind of needs to because every single day I open up uh, my Twitter feed, my whatever feed I'm looking at for my baseball news, and I see another big free agent that was supposed to come free next year or in two years that's been grabbed up by their own look, team. Look, look, and the White Sox and the White Sox are missing out just because of the fact that they this the baseball market has changed and they're they, cheap and they're cheap. And they missed this wave. They didn't see this happening. I don't think a lot of people saw it happening. And they're cheap. Things are changing. Okay. I have no problem with Tim Anderson's bat. I have a real problem still with his defense. I think that Yomer Sanchez is a hole in the order and at second base right now. And I'm looking at Marwin Gonzalez through the beginning of his season. Remember, I was saying we should have gone and gotten this guy. Uh, yeah. And and you look at not only his overall stats through his career, but you look at what he's doing right now for the Minnesota Twins. And I still beg the question, who is Yomer, who is getting blocked by bringing in Gonzalez this year? Because Mandrigal is still in single A. So who is getting blocked that you couldn't have had, because I mean, right now your your nine and your one spot are are holes in the order. There's no production oh, going to come from them all year. There's a lot more holes in the order but than that. Right away, though, the first thing off the top of your head has got to be that that there's nothing at one, and I don't like seeing Moncada at one because I like him at the two spot. No, because I, he's your I like he, him with a Brayu right behind him and protecting him. Go ahead, Dave. <sighs> I, you come right in and you're ready to yell, and I'm trying to at least set a base here because there's so. There's, there are some things that look. I like my two, I like my two through seven batting order. Even though Palka started off slow, I don't have the batting order. I don't have the batting order. order. I'll, I'll, I'll list it off for you because guess what? The starters for the first three games are clearly the guys that the manager Ricky Renteria saw as his starters, his main team to start this season. Leary Garcia leading off and in center field. Yoan Moncada at third base, batting second. I like that. Abreu batting third. Uh, he's playing first, of course, and switching off at DH at first with Alonzo, who, who's batting fourth. And Alonzo is a professional hitter sitting behind him. Okay, he's not a superstar, but he's at least a professional hitter. Aloy Jimenez sitting in the fifth spot, looking like he's having a blast playing baseball. I, I love his attitude. I think his batting stance is weird, but I think this guy is going to still come along and have a, have a really solid rookie year. Okay, and then your sixth spot is Polka, who it looks lost but it still makes sense to have him sitting there. And Bad. Anderson is in your seventh spot. Bad. Eight is your catcher. And they're not, they're basically what a catcher should be. If you combine their stats, it's not the worst thing in the world, what they're producing right now, early on in the year, but your ninth spot then is Yomer Sanchez. Bad. And there's a hole at the leadoff position and there's a hole with Sanchez. And I don't want them to try to cover these holes by moving guys like Mancata, who's going to benefit more by batting directly in front of a Bray. go ahead. I know you can't wait. Okay. 
Um, here's because there's a few things. There's a, there, there, you've got a few observations there that I, I have a few replies to. So I'm going to need, I, I'm going to try to go through this one at a time. Cause you tend, you tend to talk a little fast. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to slow everything down. I just here feel like a it's a half hour show and we have Ron Kittle and you look ready to go. And I just see a 50 minute. Socks no, this is, no, this is, this look, here's okay. okay. So Mancata. All right. Very nice. Okay. Very nice start. Uh, looking good at third base. Here's, you know, here's, here's my big problem with the Mancata thing. And it's nothing to do with him. Okay. Right now, anybody who isn't named Jose Abreu that's on this team right now, basically Mancata is surrounded by bums. And the, the thing that worries me, Chris, is this team has shown you time and time and time and time and time again that they are either unable or unwilling to actually build a team around franchise players. See Robin Ventura. See Frank Thomas. See Chris Sale. These guys are all generational talents, future Hall of Famers that wallowed in you know mediocrity on the Chicago White Sox until you know one year they got lucky and Frank and oh, they won the they, World Series. They tried and Frank to build. Thomas. They tried to build in the '90s. They did. They tried to build in. No, 90s. but I, listen, I'm not saying the effort. Don't confuse effort with accomplishment. I said either unwilling or unable. I think it's unfair to sit there and say that surrounding, with the exception of Abreu, surrounding Moncada is nothing but bums. Okay? Look, Aloy Jimenez is going to be a guy that's going to challenge for Rookie of the Year this year. I don't care that he started off slow and he's hitting 133 through his the beginning of his week as we sit here and record this show. It's over four games when we're sitting here recording this show. This is excluding has, this is okay. So, so, so this is excluding this is excluding Eloy because Eloy has had all of 14 professional at I know we're all mad at Yonder Alonso, but he's not a complete bum. And when you, when you when you're looking at a designated hitter Listen, and for what you're paying him, he's a, he's a, he's a generally good, he's a professional hitter. Yonder? He's made some Alonso, good plays with Yonder his Yonder Alonso. I've got bad news for you, Chris. Yonder Alonso does not want to play here. He told his best friend slash brother-in-law slash drinking buddy not to play here. And you know what? He just his told him stats, he likes San Diego. His stats reflect that. It's at a 925 OPS right now. As a 182 batting average. Forget batting average. When he's getting hits, it's mattering, and it's only over four games. He's getting hits that matter over four games, Dave. You're sitting there, and you're going to harp on his batting average being 182? Come on, man! Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Good friend. I'm going to start calling you good friend because you've been on the show now more than once. Ron Kittle's on the line with us. Ron, how are you? I'm doing fine on this lovely, chilly night. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? It's finally going to warm up, though, and I'm excited about that. Baseball is back. The Socks, I I know nobody's sitting around thinking... Here's a team that's going to make a playoff run. Nobody's really talking about them. They're like one of the last games that you see whenever MLB Network goes through what happened the night before, even at the beginning of the season. They're one of the last teams they'll show highlights for and everything like that. That's where we're at right now. But I am excited. You had a lot of opening days. Is it still fun if you open someplace else and then you finally get home for your home opener? Does it still feel special when, even though you've been playing for a week into the season, you get home for that home opener? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, it's, it's not often, but, you know, you get home, you got your lockers, like you're coming home uh, 
to the family. You're, you got your locker with all your extra spikes, your extra stuff into it, your mail. But, you know, you got to think about, hey, we're coming off a road trip. Uh, it's time to focus on baseball again. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think it's supposed to be raining pretty much all day, all day Thursday when they do come in. But uh, it's still going to be – they're going to be glad to get home. And I'm excited for them to – continue this season on this is why I bought tickets for game two I I I was like I was like game two it'll be nice and relaxed me and my father we can just kind of stretch out I'm sure it'll be empty seats on either side of us it'll probably be beautiful it's going to be on Saturday I'm going to game two I'm going to try out that goose island section that they have that looks like there's a big giant goose out there for somebody to try to hit a ball off of would you aim for stuff like that if that was on the outfield when 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 uh, you were playing well, maybe in batting practice. You know, in the game, you're just going up there to try to hit the ball hard and hopefully have some success with it. But, uh, you know, there's no doubt the White Sox have marketed uh, themselves very well with these little uh, doodads in the outfield, these little convenient beer vendor places. And, uh, you know, school's still in. So, you know, the crowds are going to be slim early in the season because it is chilly. Uh, you got to wait for the weekends and some nice weather. And uh, I-, I think you picked the best tickets for game two. Uh, when they get home, because the weather will be a little bit better. And, but, you know, I've been watching the games. Uh, they got some great, talented kids. They can play. I don't I don't call them kids anymore because they're men. And uh, they, they need to be playing a little bit better. And really, so far, the mistakes they've made have cost them a couple wins. And uh, they just need to get out of that routine. Well, you know, I'm one of the fans that will sit there and look. I wasn't, I wasn't 100% pleased with the offseason, but the, it is what it is. And so now this is the team that we have, and I'm looking at the development of players. Like I feel like this is the year of Yuan Moncada. This is the year that I expect him to break out. If he doesn't, I'm, this is when I, I wasn't nervous last year. It was his first year. But I'm happy with what I'm seeing from him early on, and I can excuse a couple of double pumps at third base right now because the guy hasn't really played a lot of third base recently in his career. But this is where he's going to eventually be, and I believe he's going to come through on it. I look at a lot of the roster, and there's at least guys this year that I'm watching, and I'm going... These guys are core players for the future. But I had a question for you that I was thinking of this afternoon, and you used to manage. There are guys that every once in a while I'll look on Twitter or I'll look on social media or I'll talk to a friend of mine, and they'll be like, we've seen this guy now for over a year. This stat here, this stat here, I don't like him because of this, I don't like him because of this, why is the guy still playing? Do you, as a manager, did you ever look at players on your team when you were managing them, and it didn't matter what the stats were. You saw something there, and there was a reason you kept bringing them back out there and putting them out on the field because you felt like they contributed, and it didn't matter what the stat line was. Absolutely, and I think that is probably a stat that every professional manager uh, in any sport, not just baseball alone, feels that they're important to the team. Uh, You know, you got a guy who runs well. you got a guy who plays defense better. You know, not everybody has five tools that's in the big leagues. I mean, you're probably talking maybe one or two players on each team. You know, so everybody's got their individual talents. And, uh, you know, I always played my favorites, you know, because I I want the guy that hustles all the time. And I think Ricky Renteria wants the same thing. He wants the guy to go out there and uh, give 110% on the field. You know, whether whether you're not great or not – you know, you're going to have some success out there. And it's a spark plug to the other players seeing this. You know, there's always a guy on the bench who wants to go out there and play, and he just may not be that spark plug, but he might be a key component uh, from the fifth inning on where you might need him as a pinch hitter, pinch runner, or a defensive replacement. But, uh, you know, you got to wait your turn. And uh, like I said, you know, I, I saw the guys at spring training. 
I, I read about them. I read. I can read a box score and tell you exactly how the game's going to lay out. You know, I, I kind of watched on the phone today when they were playing Cleveland, and uh, you know, you you walk four people in the last inning, you ain't going to win. Nobody's going to win a ball game. No, and they wound up turning into a loss today. But uh, you know, they they definitely have a gifted little team. Okay, so. Here's another question, and that goes to what we saw. And, you know, it's such an early thing. Like, I'm not going to judge a team off for the first couple of games of the season, okay? I mean, it's great when a team jumps out hot, but sometimes they don't finish that way, and sometimes teams start off slow, and they start to put it together. And this this is the kind of team where you've got a lot of guys, and it's going to take a while for everybody to hit on all cylinders. But some of the one of the problems seems to be defense. I mean, I, you know, I, I see a lot of just muffed plays out there early on. Now, these guys have been taking ground balls since they were kids. I mean, I got a couple kids that play Little League. They, they, they do defensive drills even now when they're 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old. So they've been doing that their entire life. Is it possible as a coach to still find a way to coach, guy up, coach a guy up defensively? Or is a guy pretty much what he is when he gets to the major leagues? Oh, no. The, you know, they, they have specialty coaches out uh, trying to instruct them what they're doing right or wrong. Yomer Sanchez, one of my favorite players on the team, he brings excitement out there. He's got three errors so far this year. You know, and I, I saw two of them live on TV, and they were just – he was trying to do too much. You know, he got, caught a ball in between a hop, uh, and that'll come in time. You know, he probably would catch him, but he already made another error previously – so he was kind of shook up, and he was back on his heel a little, heels a little bit. So, you know, here's playing caution. You're going to make mistakes. you got to go out there, still be aggressive, and, you know, you know you're going to make some errors. Unless you're somebody with a gold glove every single year, uh, go out there and attack the ball. You know, you, you've been doing it your whole life, and you're going to get better. Uh, I think also, Yomer's not hitting the ball great, so if he got a couple hits, it's a different ball game. You know, he's he forgetting about his defensive plays. Uh, while he's swinging good. So it, it, it's a mixture of both, but the coaches are there to help you. I mean, like I said, during the course of the year, you're probably taking uh, maybe 10,000 ground balls. So <laughs> you've you got to be pretty good to be up in the big leagues. I would think so. Now, you went to spring training. You got an up-close look at Aloy Jimenez. You were a rookie of the year, and if you look at the Vegas odds to start the year, he's one of the guys up at the top that you can bet on who would end up winning the Rookie of the Year this year. There are people that are putting money down on this young man. Now, I don't know if they bet on that back in 1983, or if you ever got an inkling as the season was going on that maybe you had a chance at that or you were having a great year or if it mattered to you. But what kind? what's your impression of him, and do you think he's the kind of guy uh, that uh, if he would feel any pressure from something like that? Well, I don't think he's feeling any pressure. He's a very talented individual. I mean, he's got all the tools. Uh, you know, I saw him in double-A all-star game last year uh, down in Birmingham. I, I saw him play. He can smash the ball. I mean, he played, he was like a man among the boys. And, uh, you know, one of the people were critiquing him. I knew a lot of the scouts in the stand said he's a little lackadaisical in the outfield, but you know, it, it comes in time. You know, he thought he definitely thinks he's a big leaguer, which is really good. That I mean, that's like, an asset to your artillery right there, knowing that he belongs in the big league. He's going to get some hits. He's going to hit some home runs. As for rookie of the year, I never thought about it when I played. I went out there every day to be a hero, and I know you're going to be a GOAT way more times than you are going to be a hero, but uh, the other people, let them worry about it. He needs to just play the game, and I think with the core of people that he's playing around or playing with, uh, they're going to keep his head on straight, and I think he's going to have a pretty good season. Uh, and he's, he's going to be one of those players who can make an impact really quick. Before I let you go, Ron, 
I know that you were probably excited about it. We we haven't talked since it happened, but it seems to me like you're good friends with Harold Baines, and he makes the Hall of Fame in the offseason in between the last time we talked and now. And I think you were you were on a trip with him, right? Like with the White Sox or something like that? Yeah, we were out on vacation. Uh, and, uh, you know, when he got elected, you know, like I said, I've been with the guy since 1979. Uh, you know, him and I are just great friends. Uh does he belong in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I mean, he's got the numbers. He's got the tools. Uh, you know, he wasn't as flamboyant as other people who, you know, got in the little vocal. He, I mean, he's the quiet guy. You know, I was the loud guy. And uh, he'll tell you that himself. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I'm excited for him. I mean, he, I probably know him better than my own brothers. And, you know, like I said, I couldn't be more happier for him and his family. Well, you know, the thing was is that after he got elected, I found myself standing in front of my television in my underwear in the morning yelling at whoever was on TV trying to tell me they weren't sure if he was a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I, like I, got, I got angry. Like, I was like, what is this? And, and, you know, I'm glad that you guys were out of town when that happened because at least he got a chance to enjoy it because, I mean, your, your old manager, Tony La Russa, is on television basically having an argument with that loudmouth Chris Russo because he decides he's going to challenge Tony right there on the on live television as to whether or not Harold Baines should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think Tony handled himself really well in that situation. Yeah, Tony did a great job on it. I think he put him in his place. Uh, you know, I, and Like I told Harold, I said, they can't take it away from me right now. But all those guys that had the banter about him not getting it, they were from other towns where they had their favorite players uh, on other teams. And they wanted those guys to get in there, like Lee Smith. I mean... Lee and Lee Smith and I've been friends, you know, when you play against each other in the minor leagues, then you go to the big leagues just because you're on opposing team doesn't mean you don't like the guy. And, uh, you know, he should have been in the big leagues a long time ago also along with Harold, but, uh, you know, I'm proud of both of them. Uh, they both deserve it. I think it's pretty good. And, uh, I'm looking forward to being Cooper's down there celebrating, uh, his plaque getting put on the wall. Well, Ron, I really appreciate you coming on again. I'm I'm hoping that this season provides some some fun. I'm, I'm I really think we're going to have a couple of guys come along and start to play uh, pretty well. I'm I'm really looking forward to the development of uh, Yoan Mancada. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Eloy does in his first year. I'm really hoping that some of these uh, these young pitchers. Uh, start to put it together more consistently, and I think it's going to happen. I, I don't know if we're going to get the wins that some fans want to have, but I'm I'm excited about it. Okay, and and maybe we'll get maybe I'll get lucky and I'll bump into you at a game because I I think I owe you a I got to get you a socks in the basement hat. I got a socks in the basement bottle opener. You can use that when you're in the backyard, and uh, I probably owe you a couple of beers for coming on my show. Uh, you don't mean nothing out there, but I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you, talk some baseball, and. Uh... Anytime you're bored and all your other guests pass out and you need to talk to somebody, just give me a jingle. Thanks a lot, Rod. You have a great one. All right. You have a great night, too. Thanks. Bye. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10 years, and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at BroadcastBasement.com. You can't. You can't do that. I would more. I would much more sit ar- rather sit around and talk about 
the things that the team needs. Look, the thing. Okay, let's talk about the things the team needs to do. Okay, you need a second baseman because Yomer Sanchez bad. You need a shortstop because Tim Anderson bad. You need a right fielder, Palka bad. You need a center fielder, Adam Engel, Leroy Garcia, whoever they're putting out there. Leroy bad. Garcia, you sound like my father. You're just making up bad. names now. Bad. Bad. For some reason or another, well, I know what the reason is because Reinsdorf is paying him and he's cheap and it doesn't matter that Welling Castillo is a drug cheat and he's basically useless out there. He's, got, you know, he's hitting, he's hitting uh, 500 over three games with, with three, a with, 1.278 with, OPS. Yeah, with four at bats. Okay, well, with but, four at bats. But you're the one that was you're the one that was all over I Alonso still for have to look. Games. I still have to look. I still have to look at Wellington Castillo you know, going out there trying to play. You have a whole account, if, unless you're unless James McCann is going to play. You know, 120 games for you have a hole at catcher. Okay, the only place you don't have holes right now is first base and third base, and maybe left field because we don't know what Eloy is going to do. So, how are you going to fill those holes? What are you going to do? I think you're the extreme in your anger. Here's here's my thing. You're right. There are things they should have done in the offseason. That is a valid point. I said it too. Imagine this team with Adam Jones and Marwin Gonzalez on it instead of what you have in center field and what you have at second base. I don't subscribe to the idea of we're in such a rebuild that we're supposed to suck at certain positions. See what I'm saying? Well, because that's what's, ha- that's what's like happening. That. that bothers me because what you do is you, to a detriment of the other players on the team, you are now making their jobs even harder. You you better hope as a White Sox fan, and and you better hope as if you're a member of the organization that you've got depth. Now you have to have depth at every single position, at least two deep. Besides what you have up in the minors, you have to have the pipeline has to have two prospects deep at every position because you are not you are you are not getting any free agents it is not happening if you are getting free agents it's going to be um like ancillary pieces you know it's good it's going to be it, it it's going to be role guys you're not getting a free agent you're not making a splash okay so how are you going to fill these positions james fox who's going to be on the show next week uh tweeted out this week an article he he retweeted an article from fan graphs that breaks down you know, all the saber metrics and, you know, they're looking at scouting reports and everything else for players. And they did, they did a basic thing showing future value of White Sox prospects. Based on these Okay, stats. based upon all this stuff, okay? Right. And it shows the Sox being extremely top-heavy with Jimenez up at the top and Kopech up at the top, along with Nick Madrigal and Lewis Robert. Those guys are heads and tails above everybody else. You could put Cease and Dane Dunning. There's six. After that, it goes down almost a tier. They're like a half tier. To Micah Adolfo, Luis Basabe, Blake Rutherford, Luis Gonzalez, and Zach Collins. After that, there's kind of, there's more of a drop. Guys start to become just basically their average minor league players. They haven't shown anything that they think that they could be major leaguer. You might get one or two to pop out of there like a Jake Berger. Okay, but that's pretty much what they, at least with their data, are saying this is this is what the White Sox have in their farm system. So let's just think about this for a second, looking at the current roster. Jimenez is is, is here and Kopech's going to join the rotation. I'm sick of, and I'm going to bring this up with James Fox next week, I'm sick of hearing the Carlos Rodan should be a trade bait this year thing. 
you're going to have our time finding five good starting pitchers. And if he ends right. up being good, what did you save all this money for? Right. Just sign the guy to an extension. Right, but we'll right, talk right. about that. Maybe he's got a good reason for it. Okay. Kopech's going to join your rotation and Madrigal's really your second baseman. It's clear. The White Sox see Madrigal as our second baseman. That's their reasoning internally, I'm sure, for not doing anything like going and replacing Yomer and putting this product out on the field right now because of Madrigal, a guy who's only in single A ball right that's, now. That's a, that that should concern you going into double A, that single should, A in the double A ball. That, that should very much okay. be con- that should concern you. And then Robert is another one that you would assume eventually ends up in center field, but he's going to arrive probably after Basabe. Okay, but they're both going to be outfielders that are going to be that yeah, are going to be in the field. Robert's, traje- Hannes- Robert's, Robert's trajectory is is twenty twenty at best. Okay, he's not he's not going to be here until next year or the year after. He'll be mid twenty twenty at best. Okay, Dylan Cease will join the roster but towards the back end of this year. Okay, Dane Dunning he's an injury machine, so who knows if we'll ever see him. Right, yeah, just I've, take him off the list. We read that, yeah. So after you after you look at just the guys that are up at the top end, that Fangraph says are are your are your guys, Chicago White Sox fans. Okay. Your your left field and your center field should end up being covered eventually. Okay, by Basabe and Robert, you should be able to find one out of there. Let's just let's not be completely negative. And according to what Fangraph says, one of them should produce you an everyday center fielder that'll probably be able to lead off. I mean, assuming you hit on what is it like a third of your prospects? I mean, is that the is that kind of the 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 benchmark? Let's say that the White Sox end up with that in center field, and Jimenez turns out to be what everybody believes Jimenez is going to be in in left field. Okay, even though he doesn't look very good defensively. And Madrigal is now your second baseman. That that's that's your team right now. You you've got then you've got your starting pitching is going to is going to beef up with the addition of Cease and Kopech coming back. That's that's your team right now. You you don't have I mean, even though Zach Collins and Zebi Zavala are supposed to eventually come up, don't expect them to be major World parts of beaters, your team. No, because World they're beaters. not, they're not, they're pretty far down exactly. on that list. And, and now because of the way that free agents are being eaten up, you almost think that even though we thought it was ridiculous that Yonder Alonso would even make it to year two of this deal, that they wouldn't give him the at-bats. He might make it to year two because there's not a lot of options out there and he's not, he doesn't cost a lot of money. Give me one thing that you liked about this before we leave. One thing. Um... Um, One thing. Uh, uh, WrestleMania is this weekend. What, no, not even my God. Not even a smile and pure joy that Aloy seems to be playing with. And he seems to really be playing with that. You know what the most telling thing about Aloy was? Go. Okay, so there's a situation in Kansas City. I think it was the third game of that series. And relief pitcher comes in. And he can't find the strike zone. Okay? And Alonzo walks right in front of Aloy. Now, Aloy's been having a problem with the slider since the first game. The Royals obviously were like, throw him nothing but straight sliders. He has a moment with the bases loaded to break a game open. A lot of rookies, and we've seen them over the years. I mean, Gordon Beckham would have just been swinging at everything, right? He would have just been trying to prove himself as a rookie, wouldn't he have? Okay? Yeah. He would have done that. There, there are plenty of guys that would have just, they wouldn't have handled that situation right. Even with strikes on him in the count, he took pitches and took that walk. So this guy has had such a hard time finding the strike zone. Meanwhile, here comes Polka, swings at the first pitch and hits into a double play. <laughs> and the guy hadn't recorded a hit before, and and at least to the point that we're recording this episode, hadn't recorded a hit since. That's awesome. And he swings at the first thing. That's the difference. That you know, I hate to say something. I like Daniel Polka, but there's a difference. 
in the talent and the baseball acumen of a guy like Aloy and a guy like Polka. And it makes me that makes me feel positive about Aloy Jimenez. It makes me feel positive about Yoan Moncada's week. I'm positive. I'm positive about what Lucas Giolito is doing because he's changed how he's pitching. He, he's changed his arm slot. He, 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 he has a new perspective on what he's doing. He goes out and he pitches well. There are positives. There are things that I'm watching. There are things that I'm excited about. Just don't want to watch anything that goes to second base. Every time the ball gets hit to second base, I put my head down. I don't want to watch. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Plancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Dude, Anderson, listen, Chris, I've said it before. You know who Anderson is? He's Willie Harris. No, he's he not. He talks a good game. Yeah, Willie Harris. Willie Harris wasn't as good as Tim Anderson. No. Willie Harris wasn't as good as Tim Anderson. Willie Harris was terrible. Tim Anderson is terrible. Willie Harris was worse. All Willie right. Harris was Next worse. week, I'm going to compare Willie Harris's stats with Tim Anderson's. Let's figure. Just let's, the way my memory works with Willie Harris and what Tim Anderson does. Hey, I, listen, Carl. I Ever- believe that Carl Everett said Willie Harris was the linchpin of that 2005 team. Though Carl Everett doesn't believe in dinosaurs. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always on socksinthebasement.com.